0: Hi and welcome to Becoming Less, an Edmontonian journey to less waste, less impact, less consumption, and less clutter.
1: Becoming Less is brought to you by Waste Free Edmonton, and together we're dedicated to waste reduction efforts both big and small. I'm Biz. I'm Emily. And today we are going to um, take on a bit of a, well, to be completely honest, Biz and I are basically just going to rant about um, a film that we both saw.
0: Emily and I decided to watch Sea Spiracy because we thought this was going to be a film about how pollution in the ocean is causing terrible destruction. And we wanted to watch it and discuss it on the podcast, but it kind of didn't go the way we expected it to.
1: Yeah, so I had quite a few people in my life reached out to me to say you should watch this film because obviously like I would say I'm a pretty outspoken environmentalist, um, like on social media and and those kind of things. So this is the same filmmaker who made the film Cowspiracy. And anyways, so Biz and I both watched this this last week and it it was... It was bad. Oh, oh man. Okay, so the film, (laughs) I think... Okay, first of all, you know what? I'm going to start by saying what the film is. And what it is, is basically, to be honest, it's a whole bunch of different things. They start off by trying to figure out like plastic ocean and the pollution, and then they kind of go down all of these different rabbit holes in order to kind of like basically say that the ocean is being destroyed and overfished.
0: Which is entirely a problem. And we agree that it's a problem. Yes, Yes, for sure. I think the the frustrating part
1: for me, particularly as a scientist watching a film like this, was that it was so incredibly hyper-focused on showing a really, really negative side. And don't get me wrong, like the images that they show, they're really good at making a film that pulls on your heartstrings, that makes you feel a certain way. You know, they show these horrible images of like seafood getting caught and dolphins being slaughtered and like all of these really, really horrible things that is part of what happens if you eat fish that's harvested from the ocean.
0: But this guy makes activists look bad. Yeah, so this is something
1: that Biz didn't get a chance to watch Cowspiracy, but I actually went and watched it a- again after after I watched the spiracy And the common link in this filmmaker is that he basically is able to like interview people and make them look really dumb.
0: Make them look dumb and make them look evil. And yeah, most of these people are probably just doing their jobs. Like I highly doubt that most of the <laughs> right? people that he interviewed – are intentionally going about trying to destroy the world. Yeah. But he, like, he makes it sound like they're all money-hungry, evil individuals who are just out well, to get the little guy.
1: Okay, so it's, it's really interesting because, so particularly in Cowspiracy, the whole documentary is focused on this one statistic that he's kind of pulled out of this one paper which is that 51% of all greenhouse gas emissions basically come from animal agriculture. I went and looked up the paper that he had cited and like that they're pulling this number from. First of all, it's published in a magazine. Like this isn't a statistic that is replicable or like widely thought of. So he throws this statistic at at all all of these people in these institutions and they're like, what? Like you're fit? What? Like they? They're like, oh, I can't comment on that. And he's like, oh, well, why can't you comment on this? But he's throwing a number that no one has ever heard of before because like that's not what reputable sources say. And so he does the same thing in c sp- Spiracy, where he's like, he picks on these facts and he throws them at these people in an unprepared interview and makes them look stupid and then like combines that into a narrative that makes you feel bad about eating fish.
0: Yeah, it's like he had an agenda and he was going to twist anyone's words that he could to make that point. Okay,
1: so it's funny that you say that he has an agenda because I went to the Seaspiracy website and, you know, kind of at the end of the film, basically what they state is that in order to like save the oceans, the, the single best thing that you can do is to not eat protein from the oceans. So it's more obvious in Cowspiracy, but basically like eat a vegan diet. And if you go to their website, guess what the first thing, the banner on top is, it says transform our oceans with our planet-based meal planner. So they're trying to sell basically this planet-based meal planner. It's so interesting to me because I, I like looked into this quite a bit more and Cowspiracy does the same thing with their website they also have you linking to this planet-based meal planner which is essentially like you know a vegan meal plan but the most bizarre thing is that when you click on this um so it takes you basically to this website and then you can sign up for save the planet by signing up for this meal plan that's vegan and it's an app and they kind of are, are trying to sell you this product but then also like you can get your groceries delivered like with the click of a button through Amazon in the States, which I just thought was so interesting because um, huh. like, obviously, you know, my opinion on Amazon, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. I'm not a big Amazon fan. So, you know, I think after like scraping the surface a little bit more, it's kind of, it feels very convenient to me that they've, Basically, this filmmaker has come up with two different films. First of all, like, absolute bashing the agricultural industry and eating essentially like any farmed creature. And then also like going and bashing like the fishing industry, which don't get me wrong. I think that there's some valid points in both of these films. But I just think it's like a little bit convenient. Like, I think that the filmmaking was quite biased.
0: It was and so, so biased.
1: I, I can't – I like, I don't think that that can be ignored. And I guess that's just frustrating for me for an opinion because I think that through this film, they really pull on the heartstrings of how you feel. Busy, you mentioned that, like, it was hard for you to watch at some points, right?
0: Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, I have a really hard time. Like, I don't watch a lot of document. I mean, I love documentaries, but I don't watch a lot of them partly because I feel like they're targeted at people who wouldn't watch them <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, if you are an environmentalist, you probably don't need convincing of these things because you're already there. But the people who wouldn't watch them are the ones who maybe need a little more convincing. But well, I, I, yeah, like, well, I just I, the dolphins and the whales just getting gutted. And especially the dolphins that got like not for even for their control. meat. Right. For pest control. Yeah. Yeah. So So because there's not enough fish left in the ocean, because we've overfished the oceans, they're killing the dolphins. So the dolphins don't eat some of the fish. So there's more fish for us to kill. It's bonkers. Yeah, it's absolutely bonkers. And and
1: Honestly, I do. Okay, so one of the other things is that someone someone was like, "Yeah, you should watch spiracy and I was like, "Okay, like, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but I can guess what it's about." And I was like, "Oh, let me guess, it's about like how the fish, the oceans are overfished." And they were like, "Oh my God, yeah, how did you know?" And I'm like, <laughs> "This is a, like, I was like, oh, and like bottom trolling nets are just like destroying everything, and there's all the spy catch. Like these are just things that I had, you know, because like obviously in my world, I." work with environmentalists. I have friends that are like really passionate about this stuff as well. So it's, it's something that like I talk about in my social life. Like this sounds really horrible, but I was like, oh, I just thought that everyone knew about this and everyone was still cool with eating seafood. <laughs> I thought that like the world was aware of these horrible practices and then was just still like, well, oh, well. <laughs> so I mean, like that in itself is horrible. So I do think that it's important to bring, kind of bring awareness to what's going on in the industry and what that actually looks like. But he's doing it so wrong. Yeah. And, and, you know, I also think that this was the same thing in Cowspiracy too. Like they throw out these huge statistics that are basically like, oh, well, if everyone just stopped eating meat and everyone did this, then like XYZ would happen. But, you know, they don't really address um, in either of the films actually that like we're kind of in a bit of a food like we're just doing our best to feed the world as it is. like I've gone to a lot of talks and like a lot of things about you know we're a growing population. If our population continues to grow, we're gonna have to keep on producing more and more food. The reality is is that like yes, there's a lot of people and in order to feed them, We're going to have to produce food somehow. And I personally don't think that everyone moving to like a vegan base or like a, I don't know what the answer is, but I just think that a lot of these statistics that they throw out are very conveniently focused um, to make you feel a certain way. Like For example, in Cowspiracy, they talk a lot of like pound for pound. I can't exactly remember the statistics, but basically they compare like, oh, if you had a pound a pound of grain versus a pound of beef, like what that would look like and how much of a difference that could make. But if you're comparing things in pounds, actually, you know, beef and meat is actually like much more calorically dense than a pound of a vegetable counterpart. And so it's just really interesting that they like throw these statistics out, but they don't really include enough information for you to actually like make any of your own decisions they just
0: yeah they just tell you what to do want you to learn a yeah in yeah. a certain way and so, conveniently it means that y- you would be able to do that easier by using their app
1: <laughs> yeah well and and you know it, it, biz is 100% right this is targeted at people who like don't have a scientific background who i kind of feel annoying saying this like kind of getting on my high horse but like i've been trained throughout like Literally my entire education, and this even started in high school, I would say, to be critical and to be skeptical of like a lot of information that's put in front of you, unless it's like, you know, peer reviewed, it has good sources, you're, you're able to find this information in like multiple places, the study has been replicated, and they've received the same results, like you're kind of trained to Mm -hmm. be skeptical and i think that that's one thing that's really really difficult to do right now um, particularly because we have so much access to so much information and so much misinformation yeah and so really if you look for an opinion on the internet you can find it whether that's a reputable opinion or not that's something that like you have to be able to decipher on your own but i find that you know these films they're leading you down a path and like from my perspective, it's pretty obvious like what path they're trying to lead you down. But if you don't have that like super skeptical, critical eye, because I mean, I will also say that like I'm biased. Um, obviously, I grew up on like a mixed cow calf brain farm in rural Alberta. You know, like I, I, I can appreciate that I also have bias in in the other direction. Well,
0: everyone but, does. Yeah, everyone Recognizing does. Recognizing that is... <laughs> part of the solution there. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. But I, I just it, it just kind of frustrated me how they the interviews how basically the only people that they interviewed that had a positive interview or a prepared interview or were able to answer questions fully were people who basically were vegan. <laughs> and, and that's really if you look back at every single person that they interviewed, that's kind of like the path that they want to lead you down and even even in conspiracy like they go to a farm and interview this like lovely family who are raising cattle and like they're ranchers yeah they like are obviously asking them questions that they're unprepared for of course they show the reactions of the people being like oh you know i'm i'm like actually not sure and then that discredits them right so i think one of the questions that they throw at them is like what would you say to cows having like the biggest, the gr- biggest greenhouse gas emission contributors on the planet? Like, would you still eat beef? And they're like, well, that what? Like, we, they just like weren't prepared for that question. And so that floundering is what this filmmaker has basically used to make his point. Whereas, mm-hmm. You know, and see, conspiracy. You like see all of these eloquent
0: interviews by people, and yeah, they they clearly. I'm pretty knew. sure he just he didn't throw questions
1: at them that they weren't prepared for. <laughs> like that's just not something that you do.
0: They clearly knew what they were going to say. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I don't know. I watched the films. I I think that there are some good points to both of them. Yeah. Okay. Say so that. let's
0: let's stop bashing the films and let's actually talk yeah. about what we it should... is he was trying to get across and why that that there are good points to it. Definitely.
1: I think, yeah, with Spiracy, obviously they show a multitude of different things. But, you know, basically it's anything from how they're culling dolphins and overfishing the ocean for basically fish that are really, really desirable and everything that gets caught pretty much in like the giant net that they cast out. Um, the bycatch is pretty much just waste and like thrown back into the ocean. Dead. Yeah, dead. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, they do a section on shark finning, And <laughs> like, that's also like really horrible. because My
0: favorite part of that was when they were like, I mean, granted, this was one of those those prepared vegans that said this, but he was like, mm-hmm. shark fin is bland and tasteless. <laughs> like, it's not even good. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and and that was that was a really powerful um, interview as well because I believe that that was the guy. He was a shark conservationist, like he was, you know, from some sort of organization that promoted shark conservation, and he had actually been attacked by a shark.
0: Yes, right? yeah, yeah. So he had been attacked by a shark, um, like He'd in lost Australia. His hand and a good portion of his leg, I think.
1: So he talked a lot about also how in general, like we have this fear of sharks. And so that plays into a lot of our approach when it comes to like people don't feel as bad about killing sharks because they're afraid of them, which is like
0: yeah terrible but rhetoric. Then I, but then there was the point where he that he made about how the sharks, when they're attacking fish, will drive them closer to the surface, which means the birds can eat.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all this really important part of biodiversity.
0: The bird population is declining because the shark population is declining. And who would have thought, right? Yeah, exactly. And so uh,
1: that is really interesting. And I think that there was a ton of value in them describing, yeah, how we're kind of upsetting this huge biodiversity in the ocean by overfishing. And, you know, they do a really good job, I think, of like, helping you visualize that and what that looks like. In the 80s, a fishing troller could catch like X amount of tons of fish. And now, yeah. you know, in order to catch that many tons of fish, like we need to have like 40 trollers out that are the
0: same size. So That I are thought, like destroying the bottoms of the oceans. And yeah. yeah.
1: and And they all kind of came to this conclusion or I guess kind of the rabbit hole path that they, they take you down through the film is essentially like, oh, we like set off by trying to figure out how to reduce plastic in our oceans. And then we like kind of stumbled upon this like horrible fishing industry in the meantime. I don't know. I I don't know how much you can like stumble upon the horrible fishing industry. I think that that was probably always on their agenda. But I think that there were really good points to the movie that I did like. and And, you know, there are some hard things to watch in it,
0: I will say. But I don't think that those are necessarily bad things to see. I think it was a good reminder that the massive amount of whales and fish that poop in the ocean, that's what's creating and, and feeding the algae that are keeping our CO2 emissions down. This is yeah. all related to climate change. This is all intertwined.
1: Mm-hmm. And they do talk a lot about how, um, you know, the ocean is our biggest carbon sink. Like, mm-hmm. essentially, if we change if we change how the ocean works, then that's really going to affect our planet on a global scale. And that we should be focused on and we can't ignore that. And I I did really, really like that part of it, (laughs) I guess. Like, I think that there is a lot of value in kind of the message that they're saying. And I'm not saying like you should eat seafood every day. Like, that's absolutely not not what I'm saying. I think that they had a lot of value in talking about like this is actually what's happening in the fishing industry in order to reduce your impact on the planet. Like, yeah, don't eat as much fish. And Biz and I talked about this a lot because we're like, you know, probably <laughs> people in Edmonton like are not eating fish every day. And maybe you do eat fish every day. I don't know. I don't
0: eat fish every day. I didn't think it was like a staple Edmontonian diet. Right. Because we're like pretty landlocked. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> I don't know. Is... Not eating fish every day, like.
0: Well, I mean, the other the other thing that I would like to point out is that we're talking about commercial fishing. We're talking about like big industry fishing. If you go Mm -hmm. out and like catch a fish by yourself, you're probably okay. Yeah, you are catching that single fish. You're probably not throwing giant nets into the water that are going to cause a bunch of problems with sea life later on. So you know, like. It also depends on how the fish gets to your plate.
1: Yeah, we're talking about commercial fishing. Like, I will say that this doesn't necessarily apply to, like, a lot of our, like, coastal indigenous communities who rely on this. You know, they've been, like, pr- doing these practices kind of for generations. And I think it's kind of interesting. Like, I don't want to get into the topic of this too much because I could – this is a whole other topic. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting that we have this, you know, this commercial fishing industry that is basically depleting – depleting our – global environment but okay so I think probably like the biggest I don't know and kind of what I came away with after watching watching both Seaspiracy and Cowspiracy you know this is a little embarrassing I did roll my eyes like a few times and was kind of like okay like I don't really agree with how the film was done but I agree that there's powerful messaging and that like this this shouldn't be ignored um, for both of the films and so i think that yeah the message that i took away from it was that like is it sustainable to eat fish every day probably not is it sustainable to eat meat every day probably not Do you, one of the lines that actually, I guess, kind of bothered me a little bit in Cowspiracy was there's a direct quote from a guy that's basically like, well, you can't consider yourself to be an environmentalist if you eat meat. And so that kind of irked me a little bit, to be honest, (laughs) because I felt like that was really pushing you towards the product that they're selling of a plant-based meal plan. But Like, on the other hand, you know, I do kind of agree that eating animal proteins can be hard on the environment, depending on like what, where you're getting that source from. I also don't think that you need to eat meat every single day. Like, I think that it can reduce your meat consumption and have a positive impact. Do I necessarily think that you, and that's just my opinion. I don't know.
0: (laughs) So let's talk about your and my eating habits. Yeah. Yeah. I personally, the only meat that I – I do eat fish occasionally, like a couple times a year, mm-hmm. usually at a local restaurant. I honestly have no idea where their fish comes from, but I might ask next time I go in now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's that. But generally, the only meat that I consume is chicken
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I choose that partly because it's got less impact than red meat. Mm -hmm. I try to get it local when I can, but it is expensive. So it's not a regular thing, Mm -hmm. but I do support local meat as well when I can. And no, I don't have it every day. Like, it's, we also like to throw tofu in there and we try like the alternative products like Beyond Meat and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So we do eat a lot of that too. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's interesting because. I mean, Biz and I kind of have different, I would say eating. I don't know. Like I I personally haven't tried a lot of the Beyond Meat things, not because I don't think that there's, I think that there's like something wrong with them or whatever, but that's, yeah, I prefer personally, like I grew up on a farm. Um, so I, I also hunt.
0: (laughs) Um, and so. Which I will say that I don't disapprove of. Like I am not against hunting by any means. I think that If people had to go and get their own meat, they might appreciate it more. Well, yeah. And so I hunt
1: and I hunt. um, I started hunting a few years ago and it kind of like I grew up with my dad hunting and it kind of started as like a like an opportunity to kind of like spend more time with my dad. And now it's definitely grown into like an opportunity to spend time with my, my dad. And it's like fun to fill my freezer. And I also think that there's a lot of value in for me personally, like knowing where your meat comes from. And I mean, obviously, once again, I grew up on a farm. I've been exposed to like cattle, pigs, chickens, like all that kind of stuff on a small scale. And I've also seen it like in a big scale. Like I have friends who, you know, run feedlots with their partners down south. And and so I kind of I feel like, you know, obviously I'm connected to like the, the animal Agra food business a little bit more probably than the average person. But for me personally, like when I started hunting a few years ago, it was, it was kind of important to me. Like the first time I went hunting with my dad as an adult on my own, like with my own tags and everything to, I don't know, kind of navigate that, I guess. And, and yeah, for me, like my own personal experience was basically that I was going to go hunting with my dad. And I, I kind of knew right then and there that I would either really hate it or I'd really like it. <laughs> so my, I went hunting with my dad for a weekend in November and was like, I'm probably either going to come out of this like a vegan or I'm like, spoiler, spoiler alert. Like I, um, I'm not a vegan, but I do think that there's a lot of value in like actually knowing where your meat comes from. And you know, like that, I it is kind of like a horrible thing when you watch Cowspiracy. I will, I'll give a, like in Cowspiracy, they don't show you. Uh, I guess they do kind of show like a couple of what they depict, you know, as to be like brutal acts of animal violence. But in C-Spiracy, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, <laughs> from my opinion, they also like play really sad music in the background and like overlay of words that like make you feel a certain way. And I don't think that that, that that's necessarily bad because I think that a lot of people do feel that way about like if they if they did have to like watch those acts happen and then like realize that they are taking a life at when they're going to be like consuming meat Um, and for me it was kind of important for me in my own diet to like go through that and decide whether that was something that I was was okay with or not and so like, that was a big, that was kind of a big deal for me, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and so now that I've kind of come out on the other side of that, I feel like a much deeper, I think, appreciation for a lot of the meat that I eat. So like my, this past year, I got two deer. And so, yeah, like that is a lot of what me and my partner are going to eat for the, for the next, I don't know, year, probably longer <laughs> because we, like eat that in a lot of different things instead of, you know, eating beef or those kind of things. So anyways, my my diet comes from like I do eat animal proteins, but I would say that my diet mostly comes from, you know, animals that I, I know who raised them um and I kind of know what they were eating. I will say that I kind of do try to avoid like factory farming animal protein and that's just kind of my own personal choice but you know there are also things to be said about like animal factory farming and the amount of food that they provide for people like in a cost efficient manner for people who need to eat it and um, it's and don't waste your food <laughs> yeah it's it's hard for me to kind of get my point across cuz i mean i'm thinking about it in like a really really grand scale like i don't think that we can feed every mouth on the planet by you know everyone going hunting. Like that's, (laughs) that's not going to be an option for everyone. And so I think that there's no one size fits all. But I think that you kind of just have to look at your own situation and figure out what works for you. You know, also, I don't think that there should be like a ton of shame implemented with like eating food in general, because that's a whole nother world. I think of like, body image and all
0: that kind of stuff. I do think that as humans, we are It's easier for us to get the nutrients we need by consuming meat.
1: Yeah, because meat is more calorically
0: dense. We are biological omnivores. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do find that we're eating less and less as time goes on. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear all of our listeners' comments about their journeys, because this is going to look different for everybody Mm -hmm. based on income, time, uh, accessibility, etc., etc., And yeah, we would love to hear more from yeah. people about what they are going through and, and their their struggles and their journey in general. Yeah, and I think that that's like the biggest thing is just to have the conversation, right? Like to talk mm-hmm. about it.
1: Yeah, every it's going to look different for everyone. What it looks like for me is going to look like different for biz. And we're all kind of just trying to do the best that we can do. Yeah, I, I agree with biz. I think that it's easier to get you know, the nutrients and things that you need from if you include animal proteins. But I also think that you can be a vegan or a vegetarian and like still eat a healthy diet, right? And like get all the nutrients and things that you need. Yeah,
0: it, it is definitely possible. People do mm-hmm. it, but it it can be trickier and you may have to spend a lot more time and energy focusing on your macros, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and like getting all of those essential, essential things. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> I feel like maybe... Oh, man, there's so much more I want to say about this topic. But obviously, it's like a little bit tricky to to get into it. But, <laughs> but I guess I would encourage people at the end of the day to watch both of the films and just take it with a grain Be of salt. Critical. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt and take what you will from it. Know that it's biased. And then, yeah, like do a little bit of your of your own research. For example, this in cowspiracy they like throw out that that 51% of greenhouse gas emissions come from like the animal agriculture industry. And so I would totally encourage you like the statistics that you see and the things that you see in these films like go and check them out because I'm sure that people don't do this. Like I'm sure that people didn't go and look up that paper and read the paper that cowspiracy was based upon. And so that would be my biggest takeaway is that like just Look at it with a critical eye. Try not to feel guilty or like completely shunted to being like, oh, I can't be an environmentalism if I'm not vegan. Do your best. Start the conversation.
0: There are more avenues to take to help the planet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, Biz, what is your...
1: Oh, actually, before we get into your wine, cheese, and dessert, maybe this is part of it, but I wanted to ask you about your no poo journey.
0: Uh, I gave up. <laughs> okay. As, as you may have noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. How long did you last? Okay. So, started out normal first few days mm. because I only wash my hair every, like, twice a week anyway. Mm. The boar bristle brush made that three days kind of stretch out to probably five or six days. Mm, okay. Before it's like, so it kind of spread the oils enough that I didn't look as greasy as quickly. Mm. And then there was this weird transition where my hair suddenly stopped feeling greasy and started feeling waxy. Oh, interesting. That was just after about a week. And I was like, okay, this is weird. (laughs) Like, it doesn't feel oily anymore. Now it feels waxy. And my brush started getting these like little, it's like my brush started pilling. Oh, like, like, not the boar bristle brush, like my brush for getting the tangles out. Oh, but was it like Started skin? getting like these little waxy pill, like linty pillings on the bristles. And I'm like, ew, was, what was is it, going was on it here? Was it skin?
1: Like, was it skin cells?
0: I don't oh. know. I don't know. Do you know what the weirdest part was? It was kind of blue. What? Oh, my gosh. What was, go- yeah. what was going on? <laughs> so that was like my first, like, I don't know if I can handle this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... I well, just Biz, like, you're
1: stronger than I am because I've never tried it and I just I I really you know what? my hair gets greasy enough. Oh,
0: I have to say that bringing the oils down to the tips of my hair, the tips of my hair have never felt so nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they're like usually your own between washings. Yeah, <sighs> between washings, they usually get really dry, right? Mm. But with the boar bristle brush, I was like doing the from root to tip thing, and yeah, then I would spend a little bit of time just on the tips at the end.
1: 99.
0: yeah. <laughs> and I just, like, would use brush the tips with it, and I was like, wow, the tips of my hair are so nice, and they're not dry and gross. But the rest of your I'm hair. I'm like, so, but the rest <laughs> of my hair, I'm like, this is why they call environmentalists greasy hippies, because... Ew. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't handle this anymore. Well, you know, you, you so, gave it a valiant effort. You gave it, like, a great effort. I lasted 15 days. Okay, that's pretty good. I'm impressed. And, yeah, even Adam was like, you're greasy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know. Yeah, you're like, oh. <laughs> so you washed your hair. I don't know. Like so yeah, I washed my okay. hair. And then I gave a big shout-out to Jack59 because – I love my Jack 59 citrus shine shampoo and conditioner. Oh, and and then I'm like, oh, look how lovely and shiny and curly my hair is now. <laughs> right. you have a new appreciation. I will say that I I just
1: tried like I just started a new um, Jack 59 shampoo bar and I think I may have found the one. Like I think I <gasps> I think I may have found the one. So, um I have to look up what it was called, but yeah, it might it might be happening biz. I might yeah, have found it. Yeah, that's
0: the thing is even even within a brand, you might have to try a few different kinds because, of course, they're set up differently for different hair I types. Think this was the fourth one that I tried, which which seems extreme, and they last so long. Yeah, so they they last
1: me like I would say they last me about a year, like the bar because I oh, really because I only wash my hair like twice a week max. So, and I also don't have a lot of hair.
0: <laughs> That's the other thing. Yeah, I guess when I was when I was washing my hair basically every day. They would last me about two months. And I have a lot of hair. You do have a lot of hair. And now I wash only twice a week. Yeah, I can't even tell you how long they last because I can't keep track of it that long.
1: Yeah, honestly, my they last me a really long time. But I also have probably like a quarter of the amount of hair that biz does. So (laughs) I mean, that has something to do with it. Anyways. uh, Okay, well, that's very exciting. So what's your wine, cheese and dessert?
0: Okay, so my wine is that I know this is unrelated to the topic of the podcast, yeah. but I haven't, I have to cut coffee out of my life and I am on day four now and I'm tired.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, can I, I have, I have, why,
0: why? <laughs> you just have to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for like, it's not for like a waste reason.
0: Yeah. No, okay. however, I will say that that is going to be a positive note and something that gives me that silver lining in all this is okay. that coffee is very water intensive and it doesn't exactly grow locally so it's always right. shipped in from somewhere mm-hmm. and so yeah, I and don't like really feel not bad about sourced, Yeah, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if it's like ethically traded or whatever, right? Mm it still makes an impact. And so I'm okay with that on that regard for sure. That actually makes me, it gives me a good excuse to, mm-hmm. to, to do that. Yeah. But I have definitely been sluggish for the last couple of days oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: You know, okay. I will say like, I do love my coffee. I would say that it's probably something like, and now thinking about me saying that makes me feel like I should probably try and give it up <laughs> because... Obviously, I'm like, I look, this is the thing that I look forward to most in the morning, (laughs) which I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. But that's good for you, Biz. And yes, I think that it'll have a good sustainability
0: impact. Yeah, I'm thinking I might just find a good tea because I do love tea. And I might just kind of switch over to having a morning tea instead. Mm -hmm. And maybe find something that is easily is more easily accessible locally. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, cool. Okay, so what's your what's your cheese? give
0: it to me my cheese on the topic of sea spiracy is an ocean joke so okay what did the ocean say to the beach what nothing it just waved okay I have I have heard that one before I do like it <laughs> I do like it
1: okay and what's your dessert for this week
0: and my dessert is I was gifted to pepper plants oh and so I don't have a yard uh, I should have garden boxes soon i'm hoping to work on those this Mm -hmm. afternoon if it doesn't rain yeah and i was gifted two pepper plants so even if i don't get my garden boxes i'm going to set those outside in their pots and hopefully have peppers that i can cook up this summer
1: that's so exciting i've been seeing like a lot of people growing it's like a little bit too early obviously to like grow things outside in Alberta. Um, but I've seen so many people with like little pepper plants or like tomato plants in their windows. And I'm getting mm-hmm. super excited and very jealous. So
0: that's yeah, I'm fun. definitely I definitely want to get some tomatoes as well, because we eat tomatoes every morning with breakfast. Oh, okay. and although we get our tomatoes from the farmer's market, I mean, growing them at home even better, right? Right. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. You're like saving a step. That's that's awesome.
1: Even if you only grow mm-hmm. like two tomatoes, it's still First of all, a great accomplishment because growing your own food
0: is super cool, (laughs) especially in a place like where I am, where I don't really have an outdoor area. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to sit outside, but it's going to be like on my doorstep because that's all I've got. Anyway, what's your wine, cheese and Okay,
1: so my wine, it's a bit hilarious. But because, because I don't, I've just really realized lately that because I use a lot of reusable things, I'm realizing that like I'm spending a lot of time doing dishes. I know that that sounds absolutely ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous. But sometimes I do think I'm like, oh my goodness, do people who don't care about their environmental impact just have like, so much more time because they're never doing dishes they just like throw (laughs) things out like it's a it's just been a weird thought that That, i've had lately that is
0: that is the thing that is why people do it because it's convenient (laughs)
1: right but i was like as you know i feel like i'm you know halfway i've been soaking like a label and in hot water and you know scrubbing it off with my hands and I, i don't know like I feel like I do go to kind of sometimes these hilarious lengths of like, you know, getting labels off and cleaning things. And and last weekend, I was in the middle of three things. So, you know, I got up in the morning and I started making my own kombucha again, which I'm super excited for. Ooh. So I had that out and was like, you know, had a huge mess in the kitchen. And then I also uh, figured out my lemon vinegar. So then I was like waiting for my tea to you know, I was making kombucha. So I was making tea. So I was doing that. And then I was also like, had my lemon vinegar out and my strainer. And then also like the day before I had like blended my eggshells up. So I had like that with my compost. Anyways, my kitchen was a disaster. (laughs) And, And like my partner wakes up and he like comes into the kitchen. He's like, what are you doing? Like, what is going on? And I'm like, oh, just don't worry about it. Like it's just, it's just a thing that I'm, I'm doing like six of these, yeah, funky, like at home, low waste things. And he's like, okay. And just like went into the living room and drank his coffee in silence. Um, <laughs> and we all took a moment of like, and then it took me like 45 minutes to clean up the kitchen. Cause I, you know, have all of these reusable containers that I'm using for like one anyways. So that's, that's my wine. So sometimes when I'm doing dishes, I'm like, you know, I love the dishes that I'm doing cuz I love reusing things, but like sometimes it's a pain. Sometimes I just hate dishes. Okay, so
0: then I get, then they, I get it. <laughs> I understand. Uh, yeah. This is this is the struggle that I think a lot of people have with reusables is that there there is a time It right, is not convenient. Yeah. It's not as convenient that is that is why people do it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: what's your cheese? Okay, my cheese um and this is uh
1: yeah, kind of on the theme of like eating meat. So, biz, this is just a statement, but people who sell meat are gross. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. But people
1: who sell fruits and vegetables are grosser.
0: Like they're grosser? <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> yeah. Eh?
1: <laughs> <Nah>.
0: <laughs> Anyways.
1: um, And then my dessert for the week. Honestly, okay. So, I finally figured out the lemon vinegar situation. And yeah, I made my, I made lemon vinegar. And like I said, last weekend, that was like one of my, like I strained my lemon vinegar, whatever, so that it was just like nice smelling vinegar. It still smells like vinegar. Like I will say that, but yeah, I use like a mix of dish soap and now this lemon vinegar as like a, it's a, it's a pretty good descaler. Like if you're I don't know cleaning stuff in your bathroom or like your kitchen sink or something. Mm-hmm. I find that it works pretty well. Um, anyways, and so but my partner really really hates the smell of vinegar, like hates oh, it. Oh, Adam does too. Hates it, yeah. And Hate so it. to be honest, I don't mind the smell of vinegar. Like I know it's not it like either. a pleasant smell, but like I I do like it. It does still smell a little bit like vinegar, but it's like a little bit better and more lemony. So yeah, I'm I'm into the lemon vinegar. I've enjoyed it. And it was kind of fun. Like (laughs) it was a fun project to try with my lemons. And yes, it was like a slippery path. I made some mistakes along the way, but we got there and uh, yeah, now I have lemon vinegar and dish soap cleaner and it smells really good. Big fan of it. So So I would encourage people to try it and remember, don't just put lemons under your kitchen sink and expect that they're not (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) mold. So, So there's that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We would really, really like more now than ever, I think particularly for this episode, we would love to hear your feedback about if you watch the conspiracy, what your eating habits are, all of that kind of stuff, like what you
0: do kind of on your journey to becoming less. So please send us an email at becominglesspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at becominglesspod or go to wastefree.ca slash becominglesspod for all the ways to connect and listen. And to donate to support waste reduction efforts here in Edmonton, Alberta.
1: Yeah, and um, also big shout out to Change Toothpaste Tabs. They help us figuratively keep the lights on, but keep things running and pay for all of our subscriptions and things, so that uh, basically Biz and I can just volunteer our time. Yeah, they allow us to like basically put the podcast out uh, with no charge to Biz and I so that's really awesome so thank you so much change to toothpaste tabs we really hope to have all of our listeners back next time and remember that every day we can be a little less than we were yesterday and seen.